I tell you to be different and creative and think this way. A much used business cliche. Kayla. What is outside the box? You got it. We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Outside the Box podcast. It's episode number 178. We're back. We're going to recap everything that went down in Minnesota. And we've got a special guest on this week's episode. The one and only CEO of the Premier Lacrosse League, Michael Rabel, joined us. Took a, a big chunk of time out of his schedule, so we're very thankful for that. You guys are going to hear that later on in the episode, but it's your boy KB coming at you from Underground Studios and joining me as he does each and every week, the man, the myth, the legend, DJ. What is up? What is up? Man, Mike Rabel taking 35 minutes of his time out of his day to come on our silly little podcast is ridiculous. It's awesome. It's incredible. He had a lot to say, a lot of things that he teased and... One of the things he teased, he literally said, uh, I'll tease this because I like you guys. And I was like, gas me up. Yes, sir. Uh, so you guys will hear from uh, Mike Rabel later in the episode. But before we get started, this podcast would not be possible without our friends who make it possible. Our awesome sponsors, the homies over at Tomahawk Shades. It's owned by Chris Hogan and Kyle Harrison. Have you ever heard of them? Pretty, pretty legit dudes. Uh, go to TomahawkShades.com. Check out everything they got going on right now from the blue light glasses, sunglasses, the uh, the NIL collection that they have to be a Tomahawk athlete. They got a bunch of Tomahawk athletes coming through now. Uh, and when you go to check out, use our code USP to get 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. That's promo code USP for 25% off at TomahawkShades.com. So you can stay styling and profiling all PLL season long. Our friends at Stateside, Urban Craft Vodka, also proud sponsors of OTB. It's the summer of Stateside, guys. Go to statesidevodka.com. Get the vodka soda party pack. They got everything you could, you could hope for with these things. It's 95 calories, two carbs, real vodka, real juice. It's hydrating vodka, which is ridiculous. Statesidevodka.com. You can get the one liter bottles of vodka and use our code USP to get 10% off those bad boys. You got to be 21 or older to purchase, of course. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And our friends at Kenwood Beer, go to KenwoodBeer.com. DJ, when you come to Philly, you'll be able to have some Kennys. Oh, yeah. I'm hyped for some Kennys. We'll have some Kennys on deck for DJ. Uh, use the Kenny tracker at KenwoodBeer.com to see who has Kennys on tap. And, of course, got to be 21 or older. And please drink responsibly. So we'll do a quick recap of everything that went down in Minnesota. 
Um, we are at the all-star break. It is weird because every single sport for the most part, except for the NBA finals is at the all-star break, but that gives us a ton of time to just recap, regroup everything that's gone down so far this season. Minnesota did not disappoint. We had Sunday night lacrosse, which I don't know about you, DJ. I need Sunday night lacrosse to just be a staple moving forward. It was incredible electric. Like, it felt like summertime Sunday night football. Everybody was tweeting about it. It was one game, and it was just back and forth the whole time. I need Sunday night lacrosse. I need Thursday night lacrosse, Monday night lacrosse. I need all the night games for every day of the week. Every day of the week. Like, it's, it's something about that night game. It, not even us. Like, of course, us fans get excited, but those dudes are like, those lights hit the helmets, they shine. Stars come out when the lights shine bright. They, oh, man, do they come out. It was great. Uh, the first game of the weekend, though, we had Friday night lacrosse, Water Dogs Cannons for what felt like the hundredth time that these teams have played, but it's really only the second time. Uh, and the Water Dogs literally just went junkyard dog on the Cannons and dunked on them heavily and won 19-7. to Did not expect that outcome from that game whatsoever. I thought it would be much closer but for whatever reason the water dogs love double header weekends and we'll get into their second game as well but those friday games they come out slinging and i i've asked you know ryan brown now and coach andy copeland friend of the show what it is and i feel like it's the addition of ethan walker into that water dogs offense like ever since he came through his first game it felt like their offense opened up in a different way where they've been able to move the ball more. Like he's racking up assists now. He's scoring. Uh, the Ewok Star Wars video that they tweeted out was hilarious. I almost pissed my pants when I watched that. Um, he seems like a guy that, like, we talked about it before you even started, like, coming on hosting the show with us. Like, I thought Ethan Walker was going to be, like, a second-round draft pick. Like, I thought he was that talented, that good, and that valuable to a team. And then he falls to the fourth round, and I was like, how the hell does this happen? Like, the Water Dogs just got, like, one of the steals of the draft. And now that he's playing, he's contributing each and every week seamlessly, and he fits, like, what this Water Dogs offense is doing. And it's opening things up for all of their big guys, whether it's Mikey Schlosser, Ryan Brown, Kieran McCardle. And I feel like the biggest beneficiary has been Connor Kelly. Oh, yeah, yeah, and you saw that when they played the Woods two weeks ago. I mean, the guy lit up for eight points, and, I mean, it's because you have to accommodate for Ethan Walker. Sure, he can score, but there's, like, no way to take away his passing ability. It's, it's unreal. His vision is ridiculous. Like, he just moves the ball. Like, like it, it reminds me of that episode of Hey Arnold from back in the day when he's trying to catch the fly out of his grandma's hand. Like, Ethan Walker just does this stuff blindfolded, and it would still be – perfectly executed he's been such a breath of fresh air for that line it's the reason the water dogs are in second place because you look at their team before he came in and like they were up and down kind of struggling with like moving the ball around getting goals and now that they can move the ball kind of move ryan brown around the field and he's not relied on to be at one spot this water dogs team is lethal and like they're going to be a force going into the playoffs because I think they're a certified lock to make the playoffs just depends on where they get seated oh yeah they'll definitely make the playoffs I'm you know look at this offense and now that they have gelled together and they figure out how everyone plays 
and then they're gonna get my they're gonna get Michael Sowers back, and that's just gonna be it's gonna be very hard to stop. They've done all of this without Sowers. Yeah, Sowers has played like half a game. Yeah, it's unreal to think about how much they've done without him. And then Ben Reeves can move around because he looks the best he's ever looked in the PLL. Yeah, like even back in 2019 with the Whip Snakes, he did not look this good. No, he looks like Tuaratan Ben. It's crazy. Like, is he sure he wants to be a doctor? Because, like, he could be doing this lacrosse thing for, like, another 10 years. Easy. <laughs> Easy. Could you imagine this guy just, like, suiting up and then just leaving? Just leaving at halftime. Everybody's like, and yeah. Gotta go do a surgery. I'll be back. We look down the bench and we see no Ben Reeves. We'll have, we'll have an updated story later. Five minutes later. Yeah, Ben Reese had to leave. He's on call at the local hospital. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. He looks incredible. And like him being able to contribute the way he has, again, another big reason the water dogs are playing as well as they are. Yeah, I think it'll get even better when Michael Sowers comes back and he can kind of go back to a floating mid and he can move off ball and then he could dodge from up top. Any short stick he gets from up top is is toast. It's insane. And then, like, the Cannons just, they hate Friday nights. They've lost both their Friday night games, uh, but they were able to rebound. We'll get into that game because it was one of the games of the year. Um, But, again, Water Dogs look fantastic right now, and it's very fun to watch them, like, when they're grooving because they're a fun team uh, to just aesthetically watch, not just because they have purple jerseys. Um, the the rivalry went down on NBCSN. Uh, I gotta say, you and I both tweeted about this. NBCSN, get your shit together. When when you say that there's something that's gonna be on, because I don't even think the PLL knew that they weren't on NBCSN yet. Because obviously this game was also on Peacock, so like you could watch it wherever. NBCSN took 10 minutes to get NASCAR off of their channel, and then it cuts to the PLL game, and it's already three minutes into the game. And the score is one to nothing. Yeah, I was like, I just missed an important goal. Like, what happened? Yeah. I was so pissed. Because I was. Don't you know lacrosse Twitter, like, depends on (laughs) Right. Like, I I needed to see the hype video on TV because I'm sure they played it. There's no way they did it. It was it was a bummer because I again I don't think the PLL knew that NBCSN like just delayed that like that's a thing on NBC where like they gotta like hit up the PLL for their broadcasting and be like okay like delay the start of the game a little bit or you cut away from fucking NASCAR <laughs> like it was the end of the race whoever was winning was going to win there cut three, away from NASCAR three laps left. Like, nobody cares. We're here for Redwoods Whip Snakes. Yeah. Like, this is the premier rivalry. And now, outside of, like, them playing in the playoffs, the heatedness of these two teams, it's officially a rivalry, DJ, because the Redwoods have two wins in this matchup now. They win 13-7, to and it was ugly. But the Redwoods looked very good in this game. They did, especially, you know, playing a team that they seem to can't beat most of the time. Um, granted, injured without, you know, without Matt Rambo, but everybody else played. No Rambo, no Earhart. 
which sucks. Yeah. Because, like, from a fan perspective, like, no matter who you root for, if you're neutral, like, you want to see these two teams go at it full strength. Because that's how good the rivalry is. Like, when they're full strength, it's at its peak. So to not have Rambo there, to not have Earhart in was kind of a bummer. But when you're the Redwoods and you know that those two guys are out, you got to take – like, you can't lose that game. Because if Redwoods would have lost that game without those two guys in there, that's like a demoralizing defeat. So for them to step up, win by six goals, get their goal differential in a more favorable manner for themselves, moving up into first place in the standings going into the All-Star break, this was a statement win. Even though Whipsnakes weren't at full strength, TD going toe-to-toe with Nardella was as advertised. And like we said, we said TD's numbers were going to look pedestrian for him, but he still won 54% of his face-offs, won the face-off battle. And without him, Redwoods don't win that game. Absolutely not. Like, he controlled the X like he always does. It's it's unreal to see a guy come in so quickly and adapt so well and do so well. Like, I mean, I got him as Roy and faceoff of the year. Like, I mean, why not? He's slowly creeping into that rookie of the year conversation because obviously, like, the attackmen are going to get the notoriety because they score the goals. But TD's working his way in there and has a legit shot to take home that award. And I think he deserves it. It's been total domination. Like he's a big He's never been under 50%. Literally, the entire year. He's a big part of the reason why the Woods are doing so well. And to see that the offense has come together and they they took that jump, I really think this was the turn of the tide for the Redwoods the rest of the season is probably going to go pretty well after this break. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week. And it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform, discussion podcast for tv and movies on the underground sports philadelphia podcast network join me kb and a plethora of our hosts right here at usp breaking down all the new tv and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts Yeah, I'm excited to see how they kind of like take this time off because they have obviously been, you know, on a a little hot streak here. But, you know, take this all-star game, get healthy. Hopefully Ryan Lee gets healthy um, and we'll we'll get more into detail. But Kyle Hartzell, now a member of the Redwoods uh, out of left field, was not expecting that to ever occur. Um, But we'll get into that signing once we finish recapping here. But uh, very big win for the Redwoods. And uh, then the next game, the nightcap, Atlas Chaos. I thought this game was going to be a lot closer. I thought it was going to be more back and forth, but Atlas took the reins. They win 16 to 10. And Chaos's offense now looks like it's kind of in a rut where their defense, for the most part in this game, I thought played relatively well. They didn't really leave Blaze out to dry as much as they have, at least from the eye test. Um, 
but they could have easily been in this game if their offense played the way we know their offense can. I don't know what it is with this team. It's like when their offense is on, their defense is off. And when their defense is on, their offense is off. And they just can never get on the same page. I don't know what they need to do, but I think if any team needed the all-star break more, it was chaos. So one, that their coaching staff can kind of assess everything that's gone on during the first half, figure out, you know, what do we need to do to be a better team, not miss the playoffs, and and really, like, go on a streak like we know chaos has done in the past, you know, in the second half of the season, and, and make a, a name for themselves going into the playoffs you know, this was one, a statement win for Atlas because now they're in third place. Everybody was doubting them coming into the season. Everyone was questioning every single move Ben Ruby or made and every single button he has pushed has worked. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm excited to see they're finally winning because, you know, everybody had the whole oh, how is Paul Rabel's team going to be so stacked? And then they just flopped for years, and now they are finally have put the pieces together and they're working very well. I like to see it. My thing with Chaos is I want to see more two-man with Mac O'Keefe and, and Dane Smith like that. That's your midfield right there, and then you got your shooter in Jake Fricaro on the backside. And I really hope their team is on, like, a team retreat right now. You yeah. Got you got four guys, and – in the all-star game the rest of you should be together and they should go out to to california go to like wine country and yeah. just have a have a wine weekend i don't care what they do <laughs> they need to figure it out and you know blaze and all those guys will join after and but they need a big kumbaya as a team because yeah they ain't got it right now it's it's so strange the way like this team is way too talented to be where they are in the standings right now like they have too much talent up top. They brought in even more talent with a Mac O'Keefe, with a Ryan Smith. Like, I don't know if it's a, a too many cooks in the kitchen type thing, but it's also one of those things that Chaos is like the most revolving door team in terms of like, pl- like play style, who they want on their team. Like, year one it was the Miles Jones experience. Year two it was Connor Fields, and then switched over to Josh Byrne, and now it's Josh Byrne. But then it's like, you know, utilize who you want to be like your guy. Like every other team in the league, like has at least one guy that like that's the face of the team and chaos. It's just like they're known as like Team Canada. They don't really like Josh Byrne is the guy, but like they're not using him as the guy this year for whatever reason. Yeah, like it, it seems like the ball is never in his stick enough for him to. And he never gets the one-on-one. Every time he does get the ball, it's a two-man game. Let mm-hmm. him walk behind a little bit. Let him see what he can open up for others. I'll tell you right now, if he gets a one-on-one, they're probably going to slide quick. Yep. Even if he doesn't get himself open, that's a that's a step down for someone. I'd love to see a step down from Jake behind the arc right there. And then if that is Jake, they might not even slide. So now you have a pure one-on-one with Josh Burnley. Like, yeah. You have to take advantage of – you know, your personnel and who you have and what combinations you can put together. They also seem to start so slow and it takes until the second half for them to like regroup. Like they need to be able to like regroup and like fix and adjust on the fly during the game. You can't wait until you're not playing to adjust things like that needs to be addressed during this break because 
If not, like chaos is on the brink of being the team that misses the playoffs. And if they're not careful, like if they lose their game in Colorado, like that's the last game before the trade deadline. Like the bye week is during the trade deadline before Albany. Like if they lose to Chrome, which is a massive swing game for both of those teams, like whoever wins that game pretty much locks in a playoff spot, I'd say. Sure, Chaos has two games in Albany, but like that's going to determine, I think, if Andy Towers decides to trade anybody off or acquire somebody to to help this team get over the hump and go into a doubleheader weekend in Albany to hopefully clinch a playoff spot. I mean, I hope you'd be trying to do that now. Like, honestly, yeah. now is a great time. You got the time to get them together and get them passing and doing stuff before you're, you know, before their their first game with your new team. You got the time. You got another week, you know, in between now and your first game. Almost. Do you almost? Do you find it strange that like Tommy Kelly's in the player pool and Andy Towers hasn't brought him back yet? I mean, like he was their faceoff guy for the first two years of the team's I, existence, and sure he had a down bubble and like didn't get off to a great start with cannons, but like that's a system he knows. Like, and their faceoff hasn't been great. Why not bring back a guy you know and you can coach up and everything to get back on track? Um, maybe just, you know, like over it. It's like the stuff we tried the first two years just didn't work. It's, it's time to do something. It's good. so strange because, like, their their face-off is, like, where it starts for, like, them struggling. Like, they're not winning face-offs. They, got, they have a lot to figure out. And you guys know we love Andy Towers. We love Chaos because we've had the most Chaos boys on this podcast as guests like we want to see them succeed and it it sucks when they're down bad so like hopefully like we said they take a wine country trip hang out together and and kind of get on that water dogs vibe like mikey schlosser told me in the press conference on on friday night or on sunday one of the two where he said you know we just like being around each other we like hanging out together and having time to spend with each other like that's where chaos needs to be they need to figure out a lot of things uh, to get back on track, Water Dogs and Chrome. Chrome are the most up and down team too. Like one week they'll look great, next week they score six goals. Water Dogs looked fantastic in this game all across the board, offensively, defensively. They're on a tear right now. Like whoever let the Water Dogs get hot, <laughs> you done fucked up. Yeah, big time because it it might be over. They have all the pieces they need. For one, Zach Courier is unreal. I love that we're coming up with like NBA stats for PLL players. Yeah. Like stat lines are like now being referred to as triple doubles. It is so <laughs> Because like nobody's got a triple double. Ever. Except Zach Courier. I don't even know. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just, just so. Because the way that everybody's calculating triple doubles is like, you have to have two or more in every category. And it's great. It's so funny. I really wish they knew what a triple-double was. <laughs> oh, totally. But it's like you're never going to have a guy get like 10 assists and 10 goals in a game. So it's like, all right, we got to figure out a way to like switch this up. And like Zach Courier getting like eight ground balls, like seven assists and like two goals in a game. Like. I could see him going 10-10-10, 10 points, 10 cost turnovers, 10 ground balls. 
Oh yeah, that'll definitely happen at some point. He's yeah, the I, he's the one guy that could do that. Yeah, him or like Ryan Tarafenko. Him, Terry, Joe Nardello could probably do it. Count what, yeah. what are you their face-off wins. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Joe would win at least ten face-offs. Oh yeah, he could he get would... assists off the face-off, and, and the, then and ten the... ground balls. Yeah, yeah. Trevor could do that. Yeah, TD. If he TD, really TD, TD wants to score a goal this year so bad. I know. Like he'll run down the field and be like, "I got it," and then it's like defense comes right up on him, and he's like, "Oh, there you go. I gotta yep. go catch a flight." Or he just throws some horrible pass. <laughs> I want him to score so bad. I do. Like it'll be so funny when he scores. I want to see. I want to see his celery. Right? Is he gonna sell it or like? How is he gonna react? When he right. Uh, Sunday night lacrosse cannons archers, archers on a bit of a slide. Cannons win thirteen to twelve. Nick Morocco, newest follower of the pod on Twitter, shout out on the rocks. Uh, with the save of the year, like a save of all time, like one of the best saves of all time in PLL history. Um, Lyle Thompson just went absolutely nuclear. Not even 100% healthy. Paul Rabel was not 100% healthy in this game, and he still played very well. Ryan Drenner looked great again, and he's the ultimate teammate. Shout out to the boy. Um, This Cannons team loves playing on Sundays. They saved their season with this game. And I, I was thoroughly impressed by the way that they were able to play. Sean Quirk, I didn't get a chance to ask him this. But I, I hope I'll I'll be able to like just get in touch with him and and uh, the fact that he had that timeout near the end of the game in his back pocket and used it when he did was genius. Like when he called that timeout, I said, "Okay, Cannons are winning this game right now" because he had that timeout to regroup, reset, and they did just that. That was like chess play. That was Greg Popovich esque. Man, like I, I don't know any other way to put it like that isn't something I wouldn't even think to do. Like you would just think like, okay, they're getting the ball after they just, you know, after a chase, like nobody calls a timeout there. You just play it straight up and let it go. But like a timeout is probably key. Like you ain't icing your goalie there. You're, you're prepping them. You're, you're giving them time. Yeah. Like archers were up eight, seven going into halftime and then just like completely lost their offense in that third quarter and Cannons put up a five piece on them and that was very non Adam Gittleman-esque for what we've seen of him this season and i think the biggest thing here was they didn't play Bones Kelly at faceoff in this game the archers played the young bull the young rookie Connor Gaffney and he went i mean First action of the season, hats off to him, coming in cold, not playing at all this year, really. Goes 9 of 23, 39%, but you're playing against a guy in in Kevin Reisman who is getting his feet back under him, now playing consistently. He looked much better in this game uh, than he did last week. He went 16 of 28, and you're going up against a guy that Coach Quirk knows very well and is going to use his skill sets to like see a rookie where he's struggling. He's going to be telling Kevin Reisman to go after him this way. And they did just that. And for, you know, cannons to go in there, 
rebound again after that horrendous loss on Friday, saving their season. I had never seen so much joy on Lyle Thompson's face ever until after that game. Like, Lyle is genuinely, like, a very happy, relaxed dude, but, like, you don't really see emotion on his face, like, too much. That was the biggest smile I have ever seen on Lyle Thompson's face when they won. And Lyle said after the game, like, we are treating every week from here on out like it is the playoffs. We are treating this as a, you know, win or go home situation because that's essentially where we are right now. And to have guys in that locker room who have been there, done that, like a Lyle, like a Paul Rabel, like a Ryan Drenner, you know, Cannons have their their work cut out for them. But if they can build off of this win, I think they have a legit shot to to climb up the standings with the games that they have left this year. If we look at the schedule, like Cannons coming out of the All-Star break, they have Atlas uh, on August 1st in Colorado, and then they have the Water Dogs August 14th in Albany. That's two pretty tough games. You know, you're playing the number three and number two teams in the league right now in the standings, respectively. Or, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of Atlas. Cannons play atlas and they play chrome uh again like that cannons chrome game could be for a playoff spot like whoever wins that game potentially is punching their ticket to salt lake city to play in the first round of the playoffs so they are literally you know they have to go 2-0 the rest of the season if they want to even think about making the playoffs and if they can build off of that that sunday night lacrosse win i think it'll be really big for the cannons uh, for the second half of the season. Oh, yeah, and it's good to know that they're already in that mode, already thinking about that mode. Like, you can't just, you know, wake up or, you know, step out before the game be like, all right, we're going to go out and treat every game now like it's playoffs. Like, no, you got to start before you even, you know, like this is the time now. Like, yeah. right, everybody now has their own time to focus however they focus. You know, I'm sure they're all hitting the wall. They're all watching film. They're all talking to each other like, they're doing everything they need to do to take the next step to like be that team that's hungry. That's like, all right, we're at the bottom and we got to get above where we are now. Big time. And, you know, a bunch of guys are not going to be playing in the all-star game because that, uh, that injury report was longer than a CVS receipt, which I saw we tweeted that out first and a whole bunch of people stole it from us. No big deal. Just, you know, give us credit next time. Um, just let's let yeah right just retweet like let people know where you found your joke um that would be like you know a comedian going up on stage and stealing another comedian's joke no big deal but we're not mad i promise we're not mad we're just disappointed um but that injury list when that came out my jaw was on the ground i said how are all of these people just all of a sudden on the injury report and so many all-star game replacements now so the homie Jules in the All-Star game, Ryan Drenner in the All-Star game, Nick Morocco in the All-Star game, uh, a whole bunch of replacements because now Lyle Thompson, Paul Rabel, Brody Merrill, Blaze Reardon, Will House, Connor Kelly, Jake Bernhardt, Bryce Young, Mike Earhart, all on the injured list. Ridiculous. I lit- I'm pretty sure my, my retweet said... Is anybody healthy? Yeah. Somebody tweeted at us and said, are they going to do a redraft? <laughs> <laughs> like, they need to. Like, you can't, what are you doing? Just going to put all these guys? Because, like, all of them were, like, on the same team. Right. So, like, these guys are just going to go to the same team. 
Uh, so the all-star game coming up this weekend, it'll still be, I mean, like this league has so much talent, like all these guys getting replaced, there's really no drop off for who's coming in to replace them, which is the awesome part about this all-star game. And, and Diggs tweeted something out today. Like, remember the 2019 all-star game and how lit it was, how people were going nuts on social rables around the world goal. Will Manny celebration from it. Like, the all-star game for the PLL is unlike most big four all-star games. Like we just had the home run derby and the, the MLB all-star game, like definitely go check out our live stream for that, that we had on Monday night too. Uh, it was electric myself, DJ, uh, Pat Pitts, known cannons fan and Stephen McAvoy new newly appointed Redwoods fan, which we'll get into as well. Um, electric stream, but like the PLL all-star game is, super fun to watch because like these guys do things and we talked about this on our main show on underground sports philadelphia like the nba all-star game like you have guys in that game that are doing things that they that nobody else can do and would only do it in an all-star game and that's very similar to the pll like you have guys in this game playing doing things that one nobody else on the planet can do and two these guys would only try to do it in an all-star game because there's no pressure. And yet they're still out there battling, having fun. Like, and we had a goalie win the fucking MVP of the 2019 all-star game. Like anybody can win the MVP. I can't wait to see the jerseys for this year. I think they're going to be awesome. I don't know if they'll top the, the tie dye, which I'm still pissed. I didn't get one, but if we can release like a vintage, like, yo, pause, Imagine if they released, like, throwback vintage 2019 All-Star jerseys with the champion logo. Those could be nice. Because you know how champion does those throwback, like, NBA jerseys with, like, Mitchell and Ness and stuff? Give us a champion-branded 2019 All-Star game jersey. Whew. Or get on the auction site and just do Throwback Thursday. Right. Just do old stuff. I need it. Yeah. Need it. One, that would make a lot of money. Oh, yeah. And two, like, I mean, I, I need some of that stuff. Need the swag. Yeah, big time. Like, I love how my PLL, like, staple pigeon hat is, like, vintage now because it has seven stars on it because that's how many teams were in the league last year. Now there's eight. Like, I love that. Um, But I can't wait. I'm excited for the All-Star game. And we've said it before, like, I wish the skills competition and like other portions of what you could make PLL all-star weekend were on Saturday and on Friday, like spread it out, make it an entire weekend for these guys. And like, hell, even like if you wanted to do like a, a USA versus the world game without the guys that are playing in the actual all-star game, let it be guys from the player pool. Yeah. Like yeah. there's so much talent in the player pool alone that you could build out rosters for that and, and have that happen. Like, there's a whole bunch of guys that are probably, and it's like almost an audition for them to like come out and, and potentially get signed to a roster. But I feel like in the future we need to, next time Mike Rabel's on the podcast, we got to be like, all right, Mike, we have an all-star weekend plan for you. Yep. Hear us out and then fly us out to all-star week. Yeah. <laughs> they never announced the winner. Did they just really? I'm assuming they just emailed them. It's like, Here's yeah, true, or DM them. And... Yeah, but like they never, like, I would assume they would have like posted it. Like, yeah, yeah. 
nah, they're just going to pan to him on, on Sunday. Like, oh, yep, here's your special guest that got flown out. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, All-Star Weekend, or I should say All-Star Sunday. Uh, Jared Newman, the only known person back for any skills competition for the fastest shot. Which is exciting. That's the homie. So hopefully he rips one like to the moon and it's like 140 miles an hour. Just breaks the net. Um, I'm excited. I hope guys get creative with like the the dunk contest. You know, shot trick shot contest. Um, there were some creative ones in 2019. Step it up to the next level. I'm excited for the the fastest player race again. See who ends up winning that. Um, I need Trevor Baptiste to run in that just yeah. for the speed boy factor. Like yes. with make time, it happen with his Tomahawk goggles on facts. Um, so yeah, can't wait for the all-star weekend. Cause then after that, we have a bye week and then, uh, you know, second half of the season gets kicked off with, with two weekends before the playoffs. And uh, before we get into roster signings, Steven McAvoy becoming a Redwoods fan. This new Redwoods jersey that dropped, and a whole bunch of NLL news. We're going to kick it to our interview with Mike Rabel, so sit tight, and you guys will hear from Mr. CEO himself, Mike Rabel. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we teased it. It is finally happening. The uh, The debut of the one and only Mike Rabel on the Outside the Box podcast is here. Mike is with me now. First of all, Mike, thank you for taking some time to come on OTB, man. Of course, man. I, um, you know, Kyle, I saw you in, in Baltimore, um, and I saw how hard you were working uh, to uh, to cover all of the games, and uh, got a ch- chance to meet you and, and your team. And um, you know, I was uh, I was inspired. So I, it's all good. We're working hard, but I was inspired by your hard work. So happy to be on. Uh, happy to be on. Appreciate you having me on. Appreciate that a lot. And I mean, you know. Just from the uh, the looks of everything this season, it's been fantastic just to be back out on the road having, you know, destination stops on the tour. And, um, you know, from first question for you, you know, in the eyes of CEO of the PLL, how do you view the success so far, you know, halfway through year three? Yeah, I mean, we uh, we, we feel like this season is going really well. Um, that said, I think there's always areas that we can improve. I think that one of the, one of the reasons – uh, why we've had some, uh, we've, we've made some traction since starting the PLL is, uh, we have a high bar, um, and, uh, we have a high bar of, of, of performance as a company. We have a high bar of an ex- for, from a fan experience, the high bar from a player experience. Um, and, and we really try to dig in week over week and figure out the areas that can go better and what we can do in the moment to make the changes. And then what more changes are right. as metrics go and, and, announcement next week we've been aggregating a lot of information just because a lot of things are happening uh in 11 weeks versus 15 like uh, 2019 so we're, we're doing press releases on on more performance related metrics every uh, two to three weeks but um i can tell you that we we uh we, we rated our highest ever nbcsn score last week uh last sunday night for the the archers cannons game um so the highest uh nbcsn um rating ever when we were, we're excited about that uh, just because uh, to to build an audience 
So every single game's on, on, on Peacock, but then the games that are on television, whether it's NBCSN or NBC, you can also catch them on Peacock if you don't have, uh, if you're not a subscriber through your cable uh, provider. Um, and so for us to continue to, to uptick on our TV ratings and then also perform on our on our digital platform ratings just shows we're building our audience. And that's the biggest thing that we have to do for this for the sport and for this league is to build and build and build our audience. And so growth is the biggest thing we're focused on. Um, and last week we proved that out. So from a, from a viewership perspective, things are going great. From a sponsorship perspective, we have uh, now with the inclusion of CrowdStrike, who's the presenting sponsor for the All-Star Game weekend, which is a really cool and uh, one-of-a-kind uh, sponsorship um, that we announced yesterday. We have 25 partners, uh, brands that are big, uh, large, large bracketed uh, uh, brands that have, have never sponsored lacrosse before. Um, and so with, with more attention, more viewership and, and more brand investment, we have a lot more um, we have a lot more responsibility on our shoulders as well. Uh, it's one thing for someone to make an investment with you, but you have to show them that return. And so we're uh, you know, the, the attention we're able to gather. Um, the brands are interested. It's uh, it shows that they're that something's working. But then we also have our work out cut out for us. So really focused on operating right now um and making sure we're, we're making whole all of our stakeholders um and right now I, you know before i hopped on this we had a two-hour call prep call walking through every detail of the all-star game and making sure that uh that's going to be a great experience for the fans and the players yeah and i mean it seems like every single week there's a new brand or a new sponsor you know plastered across wherever uh you know a weekend's taking place what goes into you know just figuring out what brands and what partners you think will play well not only for you know you guys as a company for you for you guys with players but also you know kind of attracting you know the fan interaction as well whether it's something like a DraftKings or a Gatorade to kind of get that brand recognition for the people that you're trying to bring in to watch the games yeah I think the biggest thing when you bring in a brand is it has to resonate with your audience right we know our audience really well um uh, at least we think we do. We're, they we're always trying to learn, obviously. But if you bring in a brand and it doesn't resonate with who your audience is, that's when um, you, you kind of walk back to your, to your brand partner and say, hey, this, this didn't go as, as well as we thought. Um, one of the interesting pieces um, around CrowdStrike is it really plays well into what we're trying to accomplish and what they're also trying to accomplish with their, their cybersecurity software business, right? And so they sell their software to businesses like yours or mine, um, who are trying to protect um, from uh, uh, cyber attacks, right? And so they call their their business and their software the Defender, right? And then the only one's trying to break into a company's security network, their cloud security network, those are adversaries. And so it was a nat- that's already in their um, uh, in their conversation in their nomenclature around their brand and what their software does. And so it was like a natural intersection of naming our teams. Um, and then we're doing some really cool stuff with the jerseys and enunciating their brand and, and, and really talking about the strength of their security uh, software. And then if you think about who our constituents and who our fans are, a lot of them own their own businesses, right? A lot of them are probably in the market as they scale their companies for thinking about um, how do I protect um, my company and what sort of cybersecurity software should I look into? Because there are more and more offerings around that. Um, and so we were able to pull metrics and, and talk about our audience and how and segment out how many of them are small business owners and then match that uh, with sort of that brand awareness that CrowdStrike was looking for. I think another great example of resonating with their audience is when we did our champion release. 
um, as our official sideline side partner and, 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 you know, champion not only resonates uh, really well with the younger portion of our audience um, because of all the streetwear collabs they're doing and how that brand is really emerging in the younger demo, but also the, you know, the slightly older demo um, where, you know, champion has been around for a hundred years and they've really been a brand that has um, hit the mark across on field vintage jerseys lifestyle so if you are involved in sport at any level you've likely had some piece of champion apparel and so when we announced our champion uh uh partnership we, we were seeing a lot of interactions all across social media people taking pictures of their you know high school college vintage jerseys with like the see-through mesh that was uh, branded with champion and obviously the collab we did with them uh was resonated really well and we sold out in 48 hours um, and so I think to your question, a lot of it's about making sure there's like that right intersection of our audience and the brands to make sure that when we do announce and we do drop whatever the activation is, it carries over well and is accepted with our audience. And then to kind of piggyback on that, because you guys do have, you know, a diverse amount of, you know, media coverage, whether it's, you know, independent people like us or you have, you know, the big time like newspapers and TV stations. How do you view, you know, kind of getting like that? portion of things with your brands that you are partnered with with your sponsors uh to push through with like media outlets to allow the media outlets to kind of expose that partnership as well yeah i mean it's a, it's a huge part of of what we do right it's it's we have a communications and media team um that is constantly uh having conversations with you know uh, large periodicals more small bespoke more focused ones whether it's lacrosse focused periodicals like you guys or you know health and wellness periodicals that are that are focused on you know um uh you know uh, nutrition and and health and wellness of athletes and you know when we launched our Suncorella partnership as our official superfood we made sure that um we were able to go out to a couple periodicals and talk about the usefulness in, in, of, of some Corella and, you know, how it rids your, your body of impurities. You can drop it in your shakes or you can take their pill forms. Um, and it's a really great antioxidant and, you know, a lot of smaller independent food, uh, blogs and writers also pick that up and they're like, this is interesting, right? We haven't heard of this product before. So it's to your point, it's not just about, you know, the sports illustrateds or the NBCs and we love that coverage or the sport or the front office sports. It's also about the niche, uh, media outlets that that specifically cover these types of brands and products that we can then go to you know, with our team, whether it's Joe Keegan or Francis McCarthy or Mick Davis, and when they can reach out to those those periodicals and say, hey, this actually might be interesting. We're a, a sports league that's partnered with this brand, and you cover brands like this and try to push media out that way to get more earned media. And, you know, speaking of, you know, those niche brands, I think the biggest thing that's come across like the sports world over, I'd say, like the last seven years now is the esports world and everybody is clamoring for uh, that lacrosse video game whenever that eventually happens. Do you think there's hope of a PLL video game or just, you know, a lacrosse video game in the future? And one, if there is, how do we get involved? Because us talking about a PLL video game is our number one listen to episode. We laid out the entire information for how to make it happen. So if you guys find the, the video game company, we'd love to be in talks with those meetings. Ah. Appreciate that, man. You know, look, I think video games are, are obviously super inter interesting to us. Um, I think you have to think about it in a couple ways. Uh, the first is like console versus mobile. Um, we actually think that mobile is the future. Um, and so like developing a console game while, you know, there's there's a lot of capital and certainly not downplaying esports or, you know, the the 
the use of, of PlayStation or Xbox, but I do think that with our audience and you're continu- continuing to see the technology, particularly joystick, te- joystick technology on mobile, become better and better. Um, we think that, that mobile is actually really interesting and probably the area that we want to be spending time and our R&D dollars into developing a game. Um, that said, so that's one. Um, and then two, just building on that, a lot of the console mobile game developers like EA Sports, for example, you're seeing them purchase uh, mobile game developers so they can go longer on mobile, right? They're traditionally more console developers. Um, and so they're doing a lot of acquisitions and corp dev work in that space because they need to start diversifying away from console. Um, and so you're seeing that happen. Um, but you're also, when you talk to an EA, which we've had conversations with groups like that before, they also they have to put a lot of resources against it. And so they often don't say, hey, yeah, we'll just go build. It's not as simple as, yeah, we'll build a lacrosse game. They have to take, you know, dozens of engineers, uh, product managers, designers. They have to put them against the project for at least a year to build the thing out, right? And so all of those costs need to to drive a return, right? And so they actually have a pretty hard time market sizing the, the opportunity, and so how we think about it is, okay, well, if that's going to be the case, why don't we go continuing to build the PLL? Maybe we come out with, and here's a, a tease for you because I like you guys, um, something that's maybe not a full holistic game, but something a little bit more interesting. It's still lacrosse specific. It's mobile focused. So we're thinking about that. There's something potentially in the future. Can't talk anymore beyond that, but that's where we are. And obviously we'll get you guys involved. Absolutely. We'd love that. And, you know, to kind of piggyback on that as well, do you view the mobile as your route because you see the social engagement from the way you guys have kind of invested, you know, social media and the use of social media. That's where your guys audience is. You have a ton of people just interacting using a mobile device. I think it's, I think it's smart that you said that. I think that's one, um, one, one reason is our audience is, is, is very young, um, digitally savvy, um, in, in the, in the, um, data that we have, uh, that's certainly the case. I think that, the other piece is you're just seeing um, uh, more and more people walking around with a digital computer, you know, digital device, which is basically a mini computer, which is your phone. Um, and it's just the technology, like I mentioned, the joystick technology is continuing to get better for mobile games. And so if everyone has a device in their hand, why would you? And th- this is how like they're consuming more and more content not only sports, but uh, regular uh, episodic uh, entertainment content. And then you're seeing the downloads that are happening for mobile games. Why would you make a massive investment in a console? It doesn't mean it's one or the other, but I think the first place for us to start where we believe is where the actual devices are connected to our audience and that's mobily. And so we think that that's like the best play to start. And certainly we'd love to build a really intricate uh, uh, console game. I mean, you can see, you see what FIFA does and, and just like how many people have become um, global soccer fans because they play FIFA. So we de- we're not discounting that at all, but I think like the faster way to start is mobile. And that's where our audience is because they're younger, because they're digitally native. And I think that there's, that's a place. And then we want to build to a, a console spot. And you're just the king of segues, man, because my next question, you know, the PLL, it's there's a lot of, you know, you guys have a lot of connections with the MLS. There's a lot of similarities with pro soccer and everything. We've talked about this a ton as a topic as well. Once the league gets a little bit bigger, maybe a couple more teams involved. Do you think you could ever see, you know, relegation coming into play in the PLL or in pro lacrosse in general? Um, 
you know, it's interesting. Um, I, I don't, I, I, regulation is, is, uh, is, is always like, is a, is a great conversation bit. Um, I don't know that we're, we're quite there yet. Um, and then obviously it can like, it just creates re- regulate relegation creates so much enterprise value for a, for a, uh, a team. So if you become regulated, uh, you're then, you know, obviously you're, you're, you're not going to be able to, um, play for a, a championship and, and, you know, those, those teams then lose just so much value. Um, and so, uh, and so I don't think we're necessarily there. I think it's obviously an interesting concept. It makes like, it makes the, um, it, it, it makes the engagement high, you know, ownership really invests in their teams to try to become unregulated. Um, uh, and, uh, that, that obviously is like a, a huge piece of what has, uh, led to a lot of conversation and attention, um, uh, in, in premier league and in, in other leagues, but, uh, in soccer. And so I think that, it's something that as we expand and, and, you know, we have more teams um, we could certainly think about, but um, I don't think it's something, I don't think it's like in the, in the, in the foreseeable future. I think we need to really focus on how do we think about, um, you know, the eight teams we have, how do we think about uh, driving more local attention right now? We're such a national brand. Um, and so I think there's a couple other things we need to figure out from a league perspective before we were, we were to think about, deregulation and, and relegation. And one thing that Paul teased, you know, about a month ago on, on late night, you know, he brought up the the long going discussion, you know, will the PLL ever have, you know, home based cities be a city model? Um, mm-hmm. When do you kind of view that as a possibility, if at all, or is it just something that kind of gets thrown around? Obviously, with the merger with the MLL, there was the city based teams. You have yeah. the cannons in play now and you have the properties of the other five teams. Um What's your what are your thoughts on, you know, eventual city based or uh, are you guys, you know, for the foreseeable future still looking uh, at the tour based model? Because I, I genuinely love the tour based model. I think it's a, a genius idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it's um, that's the that's hopefully the uh, the billion dollar question. But I think that there's there is something to be said for, like I mentioned, us, us not being able to really drive in the casual local fan. Um, right now, I think that we do a, a decent job and we can always get better of, but a, a decent, decent to, to great job of, of driving the, the lacrosse, hardcore lacrosse fans. But, you know, if you're, you know, Kyle in Philadelphia for our, our playoff game and, you know, you want to bring a friend, but they're not into that lacrosse, you're really pitching them on lacrosse. Right. And you're like, we well, you just got to come see, you got to come see it. Whereas if you're like, Hey, this team represents, you know, the mid Atlantic and, or they represent Maryland and, and that, and your friend is from Maryland, um, you might have a better chance of getting them to attend the game or watch it. Cause you're like, Hey, this is Maryland's team. And so like diving into that psychological perspective is what we do a lot of. And so we think that there is probably like a portion of casual fans we're not able to capture right now by not having them city based uh, or at least uh, regionally based. And so, um, you know, there's regionally based NFL teams like the New England Patriots or the Carolina Panthers. So I think, um, I think that the tour, the tour based model, um, I appreciate you saying that we obviously didn't come up with it. There's NASCAR and F1 and WWE who are tour based leagues. Um, they, the, the reason why, you know, we, we originally thought the tour based model worked is because you could control costs better. Originally we were six teams, but we, we reached 14 markets in our first year. 
And so if we were just six teams and we had a home and away model, we would have only been in six markets. And so we're able to expand our footprint and reach a broader audience faster. We're also able to test markets. If people don't show up in a market and don't buy tickets, there's probably a stronger chance there may never be a franchise there. It's going to take a while, while for one to get there. We maybe don't tour back that area again. And so um, it's a long-winded way of saying that I don't necessarily know that it has to be a you know city-based model or a tour-based model. I think it's uh, we need to do a bunch of research. We need to do a lot of analytical uh, data collection. Um, and we need to really dive into uh, uh, a, a logic-driven, data-driven decision um, where I don't necessarily know, though, it has to be as binary city or tour base. It could be a combination thereof. But we do think, um, and, and Paul teased it, that some attachment to cities is, is likely in the future. I can't tell you when that is, though. Is there a bucket list city or country? Because I know before the pandemic happened, there were you know tweets that you guys put out that there were potential plans, you know, go back outside the country like you did in 2019, going to Canada and everything. Yeah. Um, is there a bucket list city or country you'd want to see a PLL weekend happen? I mean, you know, honestly, man, um, lacrosse is just, is, is emerging in a lot of different markets. We really like Japan. You know, we did a, we did an exhibition game there in 2019. We have a Japanese partner, Sung Chlorella, I mentioned them earlier. Um, we have a really great relationship. Lacrosse really seems to be booming, booming there. Um, and so we like places where the, the, the local, emergence of the sport in the community is breaking the game. Um, and so, you know, that's really interesting. Um, and obviously, you know, the, the, the people and uh, the Japanese people are incredible and they're incredibly welcoming when our players and our staff went out there and it was just a fantastic time. Um, and the community engaged and showed up and it was, it was great for everyone. Um, obviously Canada uh, is something that is important to us and we want to continue to be thoughtful around Um you know, for, for, for us, and back to your point around tour base, one of the cool things about the tour base model is that but right now not having city-based teams makes the teams more approachable as well. So the flip side of what I was saying, right, is that, like, you know, you could pick a team based on color scheme, logo, player, coach, win, lose, storyline, right? And, and, and maybe you wouldn't have picked that team because that team – uh, represented a, a state or a city you weren't that fond of, right? Um, and so the, it, there's there's the back and forth of, of figuring that out. And um, our brand right now, our league is also a, a, a global league, right? We don't represent, even though we play domestically, like if you're a, you know, a fan in, in Ireland, you can pick a team and that can be your team. And who says it can't be? Because it doesn't represent a city or state in the country. They just represent that unit. And so we think that's pretty interesting as well. And I think if you were to go abroad, just the way you guys have invested in social media and getting things out so quickly, like you're going to have fans that are here domestically or all over the globe being able to tune in at the blink of an eye. What was the decision making process when you guys were starting, you know, kind of getting this idea of the PLL to invest so heavily in social media? I mean, it's really credit to Paul, to be honest with you. Um, and Paul and I, I remember where I was. I was sitting, I was in his, uh, his apartment in Baltimore and I had this financial model up and I was looking at all the inputs of the staff we needed to hire. And, um, this, uh, us lacrosse article came out about it, about the PLL. And I was going through every single input of, of who we needed to hire and at, at what levels. And the biggest team was the media team. And, uh, I think Paul at the time was like sitting on the floor on his stomach. Cause he had like a, a bulge disc in his back and a sciatica was flaring up. He had ice on his back. And I was like sitting on, on my feet with the computer on my, 
uh, on my legs. And I was just like, couldn't figure out, um, couldn't figure out the model. And so I was, I was talking to Paul and I was like, Hey man, you know, you have the biggest team in this media team. How is this really actually going to work? And he was like, uh, it's the most important team. And I was like, well, it's bigger than every other team. And he was like, but it's the most important. It's, it's where other traditional leagues and teams are under investing. And, um, so we debated, went back and forth, talked about designers and producers and, and programmers and, um, you know, narrowed down a couple of folks, but kept most of that entire, uh, org structure in place and made the bet. And then, you know, we went out to investors and talked to them. That was the same story. It was like, Hey, look, this is how we're going to grow this thing. It's attention. Um, it's storytelling, it's uh, fast turnarounds, it's highlights, it's access, and you have to have these people who have these skill sets to be able to do it. And Paul's right. Now you see every other team and league. And it's not like we're the first to do it, but you're seeing a lot more investment in social and digital media uh, from sports leagues and teams. Um, and we felt like we were one of the, the early ones to really push that hard. And now it's just table stakes. So really credit goes to Paul and his vision there. And, you know, if you could have one person either invest, become part of or just get involved with the PLL, who would it be and why? That's a good question, man. Um, we have we have uh, some pretty great investors, so it's hard for me to say there's a wish list. Like, you know, the fact that we have Joe Tives, you know, saw what he did with the Brooklyn Nets and, and obviously his support in, in the uh, in the NLL and um, he's in, in with the uh, Brooklyn Liberty uh, new, uh, is in a WNBA as well. He's known as just one of the best uh, sports, sports business owners. Um, and so the fact that we have him um, as part of our, our ownership group, and he's, he's very involved, he's on our board, um, and we're able to learn from someone that has built a, a really large business as an entrepreneur, you know, him and Jack Ma built Alibaba. Um, and I get to sit down with him and ask him questions about <laughs> the build of that, uh, and then obviously sports ownership. I feel very fortunate, um, and, and he and, 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 you know, be able to, to glean from him. Um, and then also folks like... Uh, David David O'Connor, right? He's on our board. He's at uh, Arctos Sports Partners now, and, and Bob Kraft. But David O'Connor, in particular, you know, he ran the CEO of MSG. He was managing partner of CAA. Um, the, he's run uh, billion dollar companies, and 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 is particularly focused on sports. And 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 being able to pick up the phone and call these these people and say, hey, you know, I, I got this this issue or how would you think about this thing that came up or, or how would you have this conversation? And they've been there before and they have that they can cover those blind spots of ours. It's really valuable. So it's a long winded way of saying like, I don't often think about this question, but if I, I guess if I had to have someone, uh, I I'd say, you know, two people, one Lamar hunt uh, or the hunt family, sorry, Lamar, not Lamar hunt. It was his, his, uh, his heirs. I think that w- what he was able to do with the MLS um, and he was one of the founding partners um, with Bob Kraft, um, I think would be great to have the Hunt family in, involved in what we've done and, and what we're doing. Um, and then, and then, uh, and obviously, you know, he's the owner of um, a couple MLS team or MLS team, and then obviously the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so being able to have that that uh, institutional knowledge there, I think, would be really valuable. Um, and then the, the other one would be David Tepper, um, who owns you know Charlotte FC and, and the Carolina Panthers, and, and his large investment into sports and I've heard great things about him as well, and and, and you know his he, how long he is on media as a part of his sports teams. Um, I think there's a natural uh, intersection there. So I think those those two, if I were to say, hey, I would love to have them as part of our our, our investor group, our ownership, future ownership group, they would be top of the list. And, you know, we brought up the NLL bunch, obviously with Joe and and just you know a bunch of the guys in the PLL playing NLL as well. 
how do you guys view your relationship with the NLL? And, you know, now that it's just singularly the PLL, NLL, and it's two different seasons, uh, what's that relationship like for you guys? It's great. We, we are a huge proponents of the NLL. It's better for this. It's better for the sport. All. It's a different sport, even though it's, you know, box lacrosse, it's still lacrosse, but it's a different sport. There's fewer players. It, the fields are different. The rules are different. It's different equipment, but because it's different seasons and, and, you know, I don't know if people remember, but we originally moved our season, which is, is, is more challenging for us, but it was the right thing to do for the players to later in June, which traditionally the MLL was started in April where there was overlaps for, for the indoor and outdoor leagues. We, we made the decision to not have overlap um, and, and put the onus on us as a league and operators. Um, so players could play in both. Right. And there wouldn't be overlapping. They wouldn't miss games. The more guys we have playing lacrosse year round, year round, whether it's box or, or outdoor lacrosse, the better for the athletes. Right. They more guys are full time. They're making more money. Uh, the more successful the sport is. Um, they have a huge groundswell in Canada. Um, they do a really good job with ticket sales. Um, we're big fans of what Nick Sakowitz and Jess Berman do over there and um, just fully supportive. So um, I think that we're trying to deepen our relationship. We're having a few like, cool conversations going on with them uh, right now on some things. And so hope to uh, hope to, to get those figured out and, and hopefully make some announcements. Now, knowing that you're as busy as you are and, and you have a lot of things on your plate as CEO of the PLL two parter here. How did you find our podcast? Because we met after you followed us on social and everything in Baltimore. Uh, and yeah. then how do you find time to consume content, whether it's written, audio, video, about the league or just, you know, things that don't even pertain to lacrosse? Uh, how did I find you guys? I mean, I think uh, my algorithm on Twitter is just overly focused on lacrosse, which I'm trying to figure out. Um, you know, it's, it's a good thing, but it's also like I need like other news. Um, <laughs> So I had to like download the Wall Street Journal the other day and like mix, make sure I go into their app um, just to read other things about lacrosse. And I think that you guys came up with some stuff and I, I saw just the takes you had and how they're really logic driven. I think that you guys are actually great journalists. Um, you ask hard questions. You do the research before you ask and you're not like opinion just pontificating just to try to get clicks. Um, and so I have a lot of um, admiration for great journalists. And I saw that you guys were hustling as well on the podcast side. Um, and it just, it just seemed like not only did you take your work, uh, with a lot of integrity and do the journalistic research before you pontificate, but you also are, are really long on media and you're, you, I saw that you guys were consistent. You kept putting out media, you kept putting out content and, that, and that's a hard thing to do. Um, and it's quality. And so, I, and, uh, you know, obviously got the chance to meet you guys in person and, and was just a fan of what you do. Appreciate that a ton, man. That means a lot coming from you. Um, and you know, Last one, super cliche, but, you know, being a CEO yourself, what's some advice you'd give to, you know, an aspiring, you know, business owner or CEO uh, that wants to get into, you know, the business side of things and, and kind of run their own thing, work for themselves? Um, man, I'm always looking for my own advice, so I, I don't feel adequate giving it. But um, I'd say uh, I think the first one is um, – if, if you, if you want to go do something, um, thinking about like worst case scenario, what's the worst that can happen. Um, and like the worst that happens is like it fails and you can always do something else. Um, and like who cares if it fails really and having that mentality easier said than done. But for me to get my head around taking risks in my life and, uh, um, and I certainly you know, haven't made it, but taking those, jumping off the diving board and, and going and, and taking a big swing or trying to be an entrepreneur and building something 
uh, has always been uh, likely because of likely because I have my, my own issues around uh, uh, not being able to take direction well and, and wanting to and, and wanting to, to do it on my own. Um, but one of the things I always got my head around was like, well, okay, if this business fails, then worst case scenario, I can always go get a job at Nordstrom's and sell shoes. And that was like literally how I got my mind around things. Um, and I just, I just knew, I read about Nordstrom's in the book, good to great, and how great of a company was. And even if you started you know, selling shoes, which is still a great job, but you could work your way up if you were a good salesperson. And so I always thought like, Hey, I can walk in, I have a college degree at Nordstrom's and I can get a job selling shoes, worst case scenario. And I'll be able to pay for my rent and I'll be able to pay for food and I can work my way up at Nordstrom. So that literally helped me get there of like taking the risk of, of like doing something. So that's one. I think the second one, which I've realized more, which I tell myself every day, is that it's never smooth sailing. Like the ups and the downs are part of the journey. You just like when there's an when there's a downswing, you can't get too low, and when there's an upswing, you can't get too high. And every day, you're going to be met with like three lows and three highs, or maybe like two lows and six highs. But you just have to take them all with a sense of like this is part of the journey. And over time, as long as it's going to have more highs than lows, we're going to head in the right direction. Um, and so I think that's the biggest thing that I take is like not getting too animated around either of those and knowing it's just like par for the course of building something. And it is, you know, speaking of cliche, if it was easy, everyone would do it. I mean, building things is hard. And so knowing that um, I think is important. And I'll end on this one, too, because it'll it'll be a fun one for the the PLL HQ discourse. Uh, who's your favorite person you get to work with business wise, content wise, uh, that's not named Paul Rabel? Oh man. Oh, I don't know if I can do that. Honestly, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you this. I, um, but you know, 2020 is really hard, uh, for everyone in their own respective ways in 2020 and obviously being in a business where fans are such a big part of what we do, um, and not be able to have fans, uh, and, and, you know, be able to see the, the players and it was hard on the players and it was, it was hard on us, right? We had to do some furloughing. Um, it was, it's still hard on us, right? There's a, there's COVID protocol. We still have to adhere to, um, there's limitations of how many tickets we can sell at most of our venues. We couldn't start selling tickets until April. So this year has been hard too. And I think that, um, I'm just impressed by the resilience of our team. Um, and our colleagues, they work super hard for this. A lot of them aren't like longtime lacrosse fans that have become lacrosse fans. Um, and now they're so passionate about it. They want to build something that's special. Um, and so it would, it, I couldn't name one. I said, you know, sit here with you for another 30 minutes, naming how great people are. Uh, I think that, you know, just to give you an anecdote of, of why I believe that we gave our company holiday, uh, we had our company holiday party remotely last year, which was not great. It's hard to do like a zoom with, you know, 45 people and everyone has like a, a drink and it just doesn't feel as good. Um, and, and, and so, uh, but at the same time, I was just really proud of the team and being able to pull off our, our bubble last year and, and, and make it a safe environment and a successful environment where we had growth um, despite COVID and a good experience and a safe experience for our players and staff. And so I, I was actually so um, overwhelmed by it. I, I was, got emotional and cried and, um, uh, in front of the front of the company during my during my during my Christmas toast, and I wasn't expecting that, just because I felt so um, honored to to work with such impressive, hardworking, smart people, and almost felt inadequate. So, uh, to give you that and tell you that, because I wouldn't be able to name just one person. You guys have a, a kick ass staff. Like everybody that we have to deal with on the the media side of things are beyond fantastic, and you know 
starting to build a relationship with you. You're incredible in getting to watch Paul play and having talked with Paul a few times at, at different venues over the past couple of years has been awesome. So you guys have something special growing, and we're just happy to, that uh, we get to be a part of it from the media side. I appreciate that, Kyle. Thanks, man. Uh, I'm sure this won't be the last time you'll be on OTB, but we truly thank you for the uh, the time. And I'm sure after All Star break, we'll be catching up with you. You know, Albany and uh, the playoff stops. So uh, good luck the rest of the season, and uh, can't wait to catch up with you in Albany, man. Can't wait, man. Really appreciate you having me on. Big thank you to Mike Rabel for cutting out a huge chunk of time for him. We know he's a busy guy. Um, but definitely will not be the last time we have Mike Rabel on the pod. Very, uh, very kind words as well from Mr. Rabel himself. So, uh, big thank you to Mike Rabel. DJ, let's get into, uh, the surprise signing of the week from the clouds. Nat St. Laurent just has tricks in his back pocket. And Kyle Hartzell is now a member of the Redwoods lacrosse club. I am so hype about this now. Like, I mean, I played a little bit of LSM my time playing, so, like, it's been fun watching these LSM combos. There are now three fantastic one-two LSM punches in the league right now. You got Jared Connors and Scott Ratliff with the Archers, Troy Ray and CJ Costabile with Chaos, and now uh, Kyle Hartzell and um, John Sexton with the Redwoods. Like, it it sucks being a, a top midfielder and knowing there isn't that crappy LSM get in the back yep. that you can dust you got two guys are going to give you some work like i'm excited to see where this redwoods defense steps. yes it's like they had some lapses but now i think he can come in with his experience and his play style and, and help fill some of those gaps on defense and hopefully this isn't a signing for like john sexton still dealing with the injury um but if hartzell can come onto this team still have some gas in the tank and and help this team defensively, which I think has been, you know, for this team, I think it's been their biggest issue overall. And obviously, Tim Troutner had a great game against the Whip Snakes, like looked fantastic, which I think is a huge confidence boost for him. Uh, if they do end up playing the Whip Snakes again this season, like in the playoffs and everything, um, but Hartzell coming in, you know, he's a veteran leader. Uh, he's played with guys on this team. Most notably last year, like he played with Hunter Stein. He played with RP3 on Atlas. And, you know, in his career, he knows what it takes to win. He's he's a champion. Um, he's got, you know, that whatever it takes mentality. I think it'll fit into this Redwoods locker room. Um, and I don't think he's going to come in here with like that, like, you know, I'm Kyle Hartzell attitude. Like he's going to come in there, know his role. And Nat St. Lorenz going to use him as the, the player that he is and, and try to get the most out of Kyle Hartzell at this stage in his career. I don't hate this move at all. I think it's a, a big boost for a team that has championship aspirations. And these are the types of moves that Nat St. Laurent loves to make. He loves bringing in guys that he knows will put his team over the top at any position possible. And I couldn't help but laugh also because uh, everything that went down with Hartzell and Nico Sello last year in the bubble, and then everybody uh, tweeting at Nico Sello and he's like, you guys are goofy if you didn't think I would be rooting for this. Like, this is awesome. Um, so maybe we get Nick Osello to come out of retirement to play with Hartzell. Like, let's make it happen. Like, that would be electric. Um, but I'm excited to see what Hartzell brings to this team, you know, going into Colorado. And hopefully uh, 
we can get that that two man pole game with him and Sexton going because I think it'll really bring this defense up another notch. Again, the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Yeah, that's. I think that's all they've really been missing is kind of that cohesive piece in the second unit. Because um, the, the guys down low have been doing the job all year. You know, attack units haven't really lit up the woods all year. It's kind of been when that second unit gets in, they attack the other center, a lot of switching, and then that's when things get jumbled up. So if they can get cohesive on defense, because obviously TD is on another level, and teams only get the ball when our offense turns it over. It seems yes. Like. So, and that's also been a big issue is, like, yeah. the turnovers. Like, if they can cut down on the turnovers – It'll be huge. Because a lot of teams don't get clean saves. It's a lot of rebounds. So, you know, it's an opportunity to get your subs off or to pick it back up or whatever, you know, off that scenario. But, yeah, turnovers are a huge issue. So, Kyle Hartzell, welcome to the Redwoods. Uh, I can't wait for Colorado to just watch him play. And uh, speaking of the Redwoods, we have a new member of Redwoods Nation, as part of our company. I, I love this this aspect of things when it comes to the PLL and when it comes to underground sports, like having, you know, we had Pat Pitts get involved. You know, I was like, dude, you're going to love it. You're a football fan. You're going to love the action. You're going to love the intensity. Get in on the PLL. He's a Cannons fan. He's from Boston. So it makes a ton of sense for him to get in on the Cannons now. Um, but Stephen McAvoy, our one half of the Get in the Hole podcast, our flagship golf podcast on the network. Um, he was on our live stream with us for the Home Run Derby, and he was like, I need help picking a team. Like, I want to get in on the PLL. What team do I pick? And you were obviously throwing throwing Redwoods at him. Uh, he was bringing up a couple other teams that people have told him about. So he put a poll out on the Get in the Hole pod, and uh, – he said it comes down to two teams, but he's open to being persuaded. And the persuasion was literally only from these two teams' fans. Uh, it was Redwoods, Atlas, and then other with a comment. And whoever the other was did not comment, so show yourself. Uh, Redwoods win in a landslide. 64.3% of the vote went to the Redwoods. 21.4% went to the Atlas. Uh, the Notre Dame Atlanta Redwoods fan account tweeted the the rollwoods hashtag uh mike ramirez who's a follower of the show did the old horns up with a, a gif of tucker dirk and just absolutely yard sailing uh i believe it was grant amen um which is just so disrespectful and after deliberation after some thinking stephen mcavoy late last night to, or early this morning, 12.10 in the morning. So he, my man was up thinking about this. After much deliberation, actually none at all, I will be joining the PLL Redwoods as my new team to root for in the Premier Lacrosse. Shout out to everyone involved in voting as well as at OTB Laxpod for getting the poll out there. Hashtag Roll Woods. And we introduced him to the OTB Redwoods family. 
The Redwoods tweeted at him, let's go, roll Woods. Nat St. Laurent gave him a welcome to Woods Nation. Uh, Chris Collins said, great choice, Steve, roll Woods. Uh, Greg Beast, Greg Renlian quote tweeted with a hashtag, roll Woods. He's fully indoctrinated into the Redwoods culture. And uh, Stephen McAvoy, newest member of Redwoods Nation. And he hasn't even seen a game yet. I know. That's the craziest part. He's going to see a game. He's going to be like, oh, my God. I knew I picked the right team. <laughs> it's so good. And, like, he was telling me, too, he went to high school with Kyle Thornton. So, yep. like, he knows Kyle Thornton. Uh, he knows Matt Cavanaugh being from Long Island. You got Miles Jones from Long Island. So, like, there's a bunch of, like, his his turf connections there. And uh, he got a warm welcome to Redwoods Nation. So, shout out to Stephen McAvoy, newest PLL fan from our company. Like, almost everybody's getting involved in the PLL with our company, which is great uh, because it's electric content. So, he got a ton of likes on his tweet, too, from some pretty prominent people. Like, we got... Uh, you know, obviously ourselves, not to toot our own horns, but you know, the league liked his tweet. Chris Collins, the Redwoods, uh, Nat St. Laurent, you had a whole bunch of people liking this tweet. So, Steve got a warm welcome to being a member of the Woods. And I don't know if it's coincidence that Stephen McAvoy becomes a fan of the Redwoods the same day that the Redwoods tweet out, we're up to something. And me knowing Nat and knowing how he can always be up to tricks and schemes like he's Loki. I'm thinking, okay, trade deadline's kind of close. Like, it's about a month away. What is Nat working on? Like, Nat St. Laurent was on this podcast in 2019, teasing that he was up to something with a trade. As soon as he hangs up, Redwoods traded for Westberg. Like, that's the type of scheming Nat St. Laurent does. He'll tease a trade, won't say what it is, and then two minutes later, it's out from the league account. Like, stupid shit. That's a menace. So I'm thinking, okay, who the hell are we trading for? We just signed Kyle Hartzell. Like, who is who is he trading for? And then they tweet out a picture of a jersey. And I said, you got to be kidding me. The This is ridiculous. And they just tweeted out kind of a tease of it at first. And it was the, the bottom part of a jersey with trees. And you guys know. I missed the 2019 tree stripe Redwoods jerseys and I saw the trees and it says roll woods at the bottom. And I said, this is clean. Like this needs to be on their jerseys at all times, but obviously on the normal jerseys, like it says Ticketmaster down there, but the roll woods is beautiful. And then they tweet out the full Jersey. And I look at this thing and I said, there's just no way. There's just no way they cooked this up real quick and, and just said, here's a nice little Thursday jersey limited edition Redwoods drop. But they did. It's got the trees at the bottom. It's got the forest green up top with the tree shadows as well. And then uh, on the back, it's got, you know, the, the name, the number, roll woods at the bottom with more trees. And then on the inside collar uh, on the back, it says the grounding force. This jersey is beautiful like i know they did the whip snakes limited edition jersey for the two-time champions didn't mind that one but this redwoods jersey might be the most beautiful jersey the pll has ever put out i cannot wait to buy one it is gorgeous and on top of it every jersey that gets purchased pll assists 
donating a tree to get planted. That's the most awesome part about it. It's amazing. That's the most awesome part. And, you know, we called for it a few weeks ago when we were talking about alternate jerseys. We were like, we need a Redwoods all green. Yeah, we said that either the all green or like a highlighter jersey. And like, if they wear this, like if this is just not like a, a limited edition, like here's for the fans, like here we're doing this for, you know, charity, obviously, which is great. But if they wear this, oh my God. Can you imagine this with the green helmets? Like, beautiful. Green from head to toe. This jersey needs to be their permanent green jersey. Like, I I don't hate the green stripes with the green jersey. Like, it's cool. But I do miss the tree stripes. It was unique. Like, you know, whip snakes had their snake skin. Chrome, at one point, had their chain mail. Like, Chaos has their crazy, chaotic, you know, split in half jersey. Like, it's unique and it gives identity to these teams. You know, water dogs have the waves. Cannons have the the smoke at the bottom. Redwoods need the trees on their jerseys. Getting rid of the trees was such a travesty. Bring them back. Let this be the full-time jersey. I love this thing. I need it. I need it like I need oxygen. I need a lot of things from the PLL like I need oxygen. Give me this jersey intravenously, like, immediately. Like, this is beautiful. It, it's the best jersey in the PLL. A very close second is those uh, teal ones from the Whips. Those are yeah, those are great. This jersey, if they end up wearing this on a game day, like takes the game. Hammer Redwoods every possible way on your gambling lines. Like this is the jersey that if they're wearing this, they mean business, and I hope they end up wearing it because it is too gorgeous to not be worn in a game. I could see them wearing it when they come back, put it away for a while, wear it against the whips. They, if they debut this in Albany for Woods Whips on Friday Night Lacrosse, mm-hmm. oh my God. I would I would simply collapse in the press box. And the, and the whips come out in their limited edition champion ones. That dark green? Ooh. No, Disgusting. not the dark green, the, the red ones. That had the oh, true, true, true. Oh. Yeah. 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 Veins. Need it. ASAP. Nat, PLL, swag team. Get swag. these jerseys loaded up. Let's go. Need them. Need them. And not only did they do that, I think for the very first time, the PLL said, okay, we're going to sell cleats. And they're selling the Redwoods cleats, which are almost sold out. That's unreal. Adidas is doing their thing. Like, I never expected to see cleats on the PLL shop. (laughs) And yet, here we are. And in less than 24 hours, these cleats are going to be gone. Not a surprise by me. Like, I remember seeing them in their swag bag. I'm like, yo, those are nice. Let me cop those. Right? Like, they are clean as can be. And I think they only have, like, four or five different sizes available and there's like two of each one left it's like two left get it while you can that's how quickly these things are going you know how many kids are gonna be wearing these to camps now oh yeah thinking they're hot shit (laughs) wearing them to the game oh my god the amount of kids are gonna be walking around we're gonna be hearing freaking cleats clocking (laughs) i'm like oh like horses yeah like bright idea (laughs) <laughs> way to go bozo literally uh 
but the cleats are beautiful. They look awesome. Um, but these jerseys, man, I need them. I need it. Can't wait to buy mine. And they're affordable. Like the the non customizable one is seventy four dollars. The customized one that you can put anybody's name and number on is eighty four dollars. Like that's what we've been asking for from the PLO. Like give us the the basic level jersey and give us a stitched. Could you imagine if this jersey was stitched? Oh my god. Filth. Insane. That would be filthy. Um they want more money for sure. Oh yeah. Like I've always said, like give us the way the jerseys are now, like the one you're wearing. Give us that for like sixty-five. And it's almost like the NBA like swingman jerseys. Mm -hmm. And then give us the authentic jerseys where everything is stitched and it's like 120. People would still pay for that, like hand over fist. yeah. Yeah. Let's not forget, like, kids are like, Mom, I want this. Okay. Yes. Also, you remember in 2019, championship game, they had the patches on the jersey with the, the crown logo. I know Whip Snakes wear it now on the back of theirs. Sell championship jerseys this year. Like, whoever's in the championship game, like, they do it for the Super Bowl. They do it for the, the NHL playoffs. They do it for the NBA Finals. Like, they do it for baseball with the World Series patch. Sell PLL Championship patch jerseys. They will sell out immediately. Oh, immediately. Like, like, I need it. I was so upset that they didn't have a Redwoods Championship jersey. Because it would have looked so good. And we need that crown on the logo on the field. Yes. Yes. Or can we, like, get a big picture of the trophy on on, on the face-off X? Like... Let's do something cool. That'd be sick. <laughs> or just like, you know how like the, the NBA finals, like they'll put like NBA finals, like on the two like corners of the court, put the trophy. Yeah. Like, and then just like premier lacrosse league championship game logo in the corners of the field. Like make I mean, it look, make it look good. Just combine everything, you know, throw. throw I the need the patch. School, throw the old school NBA with the, the, trophy in the middle and then go crown on the logos because they already put the premier lacrosse league logo down so just throw the crown yep. on and then take football and put each team like kind of in the end zone like behind like oh man and then i need like moving forward i need whatever team wins the championship star patches on the jersey for every title you have yes. need it yes. need it um even if they did like sticker helmets yeah, something like show or like you know how like the NBA has like the the tag on the back of the jersey like with the amount of times you've won a championship with the Larry O'Brien trophy like give us something that shows like you've won a championship like yeah. the the similarities between the PLL and like the MLS and like Premier League soccer make it that much more like give us the the amount of titles that your team has won like it would be so feel, sick. I can't wait to settle down and we can start seeing banners. It's gonna be so clean. Plus, like when you went, because like other teams, like when you end up winning like five, you're not gonna put like five, or if you have like a bazillion championships, like they just put a patch and it's a giant star and it has the number in the star and it changes every year. Like they would sell out immediately. Like, here are my ideas, take them, just, just use them and just send me a sample. Yeah, please. I'll take a sample. I don't <laughs> Actual payment. Sample is more than enough. Um, 
before we get into the NLL announcing that they are officially back, schedule released for opening face-off weekend, divisional realignment, uh, Mike Rabel in our interview talked about the, the pressing question we always bring up on this show, and that's the PLL lacrosse video game. Very heavy on the mobile side of things, talking about how like joystick technology has gotten better over the years. Makes a ton of sense why, you know, after listening to what Mike said, like, you know, why they want to go mobile rather than console. Because console, like, you have to have all those talks. You have to give, like, a year or two for the the company, if it's an EA or something like that, to build out the game. And then you obviously have to have, like, return on investment and, you know, profitability factor from it. Where mobile, it's like you download it in the app store and you see how many downloads you get, plus the PLL audience is so on their phones, so on social media that like the league would be able to market the game right on their Twitter. And it's like, here's the link to download in the app store or the Google store. I'm very excited for where this could be going though. Cause if we have a lacrosse video game on your phone in like the next year or two, you're welcome. Everybody you're welcome for us bringing this to the forefront and the PLL listening to our ideas. Yeah. Because you know, now we're, already all have our phones in our hands anyway. So you might as well play the game. Some company's going to see that this is racking up, and now we got a console game in a few yep. years after that. like Everything is falling right into place. and Not only will we be entertained, but we'll also see the league grow in ways that are going to be unprecedented. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, I had to, I had to say, like, whenever or if this is in the works, you got to have us involved. Like Rabel saying, we'll keep you guys in the loop with everything. Just let us, like, if there's a broadcasting factor or, like, a voiceover factor, let the OTB boys in on that. Me, you, Dom, and Harrison just, like, in the in the video game. Like, could you imagine, like, the scenes that would happen the day that, like, that could happen? Like, hey, mom, dad, I'm in a video game. Yeah, literally. You want, to, you want to play here? Listen. I feel like that episode of the Fairly Odd Parents when Timmy gets into his video game running through and it's like real life crossed over with a video game. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to like, what avenue of video game they're going to go with if it is mobile. Like, I'm intrigued by that because, like, we didn't get into like all of those details because it sounds like it's in the works or like, you know, being game planned, but like. I'm intrigued, you know, the joystick technology thing is very interesting. And then, like, what route are they going to go with a mobile game for the PLL? If if it's Backyard Lacrosse on your phone. Remember, they did the whole merch capsule with Backyard Lacrosse. That would be some crazy foreshadow. That would be wild. That would be some crazy foreshadow. That's some, like, Simpsons foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah, for real. That was so long ago. Because they animated that stuff, too, to, like, announce it. So, like, they've proven they can animate everything. That would be crazy. Nuts. I would love that. Oh, my God. I never put my phone down. Legit. Pablo Sanchez in Backyard Lacrosse. Get out of here. That would be incredible. He's the GOAT. Literal GOAT. Like, imagine a team with Paul Rabel and Pablo. Oh, my. That would be just juice. 
like you're not losing. But, oh well, well. Give me, give me Barry and Miles, and I think I could give you. Ooh, that's a good tandem too. <laughs> oh my. Yo, what if it's backyard lacrosse, but it's like, in a sense, like NBA Jam, where it's like you have like yeah. four players or five guys on the thing. That would be so sick. Or like Sammy Sosa and Colin. <laughs> Big Caraway and Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> Derek Jeter and like Rob Pinnell. Yes. <laughs> Grant Amet would definitely be with uh oh I just had it. Who was it? Ryan Howard. <laughs> <laughs> Philly boys. No, oh Miguel Cabrera. Oh yes. Yeah. No, nah, I feel like Zach Curry would be with Miguel Cabrera because Zach Curry would be like the triple crown of the PLL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, if it's backyard lacrosse on mobile, oh my god, I need it. No need way. that. No way it is. They, no way they think about stuff like that. I right. wouldn't put it past them though. Yeah, like right. they're they're. Their media team is a bunch of geniuses. They're pretty solid. I would not put that past. That would be amazing. Need it. I hope that's the case. So you guys know we won't be shutting up about a a lacrosse video game for the foreseeable future until it drops on the App Store. Because that's what it seems like is going to happen. So shout out to Mike Rabel. Hopefully we're involved in the, the process of the video game too. Because if that's the case, like, just send me to the moon. Um, but speaking of going to the moon, we're back from the moon. The NLL announces face-off weekend is happening. I can't tell you how excited I am. You guys know if you've been listening to OTB for, you know, the OG days up until now, like we got our start with the NLL. It's our bread and butter. It's back December 3rd and 4th, 2021 face-off weekend new conference realignment so instead of three divisions it's two divisions this year uh there's an extended playoff format panther city makes their debut this year and face-off weekend is going to be lit as hell like the matchups we have to kick off pll 2020 or i'm sorry the nll season of 2021 2022 getting nll action back I am over the moon. I'm pulling up the matchups here because I'm trying to figure out where the hell we're going to be for face-off weekend, too. Um, there is just ridiculous matchups. So the Saturday, December 3rd, we have Colorado Mammoth at the San Diego Seals. We got the Wings down in Georgia taking on the Swarm. And then we've got Rush at Halifax to play the Thunderbirds, which was one of the most electric games of the 2020 NLL season. Um, Those three games, all rivals, you know, you have the West versus East with Halifax and and Saskatchewan, but like they've become quick Canadian rivals. The Wings in Georgia obviously go toe-to-toe every time they play. You get a Matt Rambo, Lyle Thompson opening weekend matchup. Uh, and then the Mammoth and the Seals always go at each other out in the West. So those are three amazing matchups. And then on the fourth, 
We've got Roughnecks at Bandits in a 2019 championship rematch. We've got Nighthawks at Riptide. Battle of New York, Upstate versus the Island. And then we get the debut of the Albany Firewolves. They're going up to Toronto to play the Rock. Andrew Q playing in his hometown, you know, playing against his hometown team that he grew up rooting for. Debut of the Firewolves. Face-off weekend is going to be monstrous. Debut of TSN. The NLL's back. And, you know, the details from the press release, we have, you know, bringing Panther City into the fold. Um, New alignment this year. So, like I said, there's two divisions. So there's going to be uh, six teams in the West, eight teams in the East. And it's going to look like this in terms of breaking it down. So the Western or the Eastern Conference is the Albany Firewolves, the Buffalo Bandits, the Georgia Swarm, the Halifax Thunderbirds, New York Riptide, Philadelphia Wings, Rochester Nighthawks, Toronto Rock, and then the Western Conference, Calgary Roughnecks, Colorado Mammoth, Panther City Lacrosse Club, uh, San Diego Seals, Saskatchewan Rush, Vancouver Warriors. And obviously last year we had the North Division, which was the Rock, the Nighthawks, the Bandits, and Halifax. I'm sure once they get back to you know an even number of teams, get to 15 or 16, they'll split things up into four divisions um, just because there's a, an uneven amount right now. But the playoff format is pretty awesome. So the top four teams from the East will make it. So the Eastern Conference is going to be a bloodbath. Like bringing in Halifax, Toronto, and Buffalo from the North into the East again is just ridiculous. Like the Eastern Conference was a bloodbath to begin with last year with what was the New England Black Wolves, the Wings, and the Georgia Swarm battling for playoff positions. The New York Riptide got better this year. And then you have the Rock, who were a playoff team. The Bandits were going to be a playoff team. And Halifax were the best team in the league, in my opinion. They're all in one division now. So the top four teams are going to make the playoffs from the East. The top three teams from the West, which is always a bloodbath, uh, are going to make the playoffs. And then there's one wild card spot, which will be awarded to the team with the next best record from either conference. So the top four from the East, top three from the West, and then whoever else has the best record will get in as the eight seed into the playoffs, which I think is maniacal. It's ridiculously entertaining. And the scenes that will be had if there is a playoff race for the eight seed in the NLL DJ is going to be must-see TV. Oh, 100%. And where I think... I think the Western Conference has a slight advantage there. Totally. They're, they're, their conference is a little bit easier to play in, so I think we'll end up seeing a, a, it'll be 4-4 four and four ultimately. But I really hope there is a race because those last few games will be what everybody really comes oh, to. It's going to be unreal. Like, Imagine like you have like three teams battling for the last playoff spot. But then you also have like an opportunity, like one of those teams could jump into seventh place if a team loses and then the seventh place team drops down. So say like the last team in the East is battling to stay as that last team in the East, but then they're also trying to fend off a wild card. Like the playoff race in the NLL this year is going to be unbelievable. I cannot wait to see how this unfolds. We're getting a full season, hopefully, and... I am just excited for 
box lacrosse to be fully back. Like it has been since March 7th, 2020 since I've last seen a box lacrosse game in person. And it was like the week after that the last game was played. I can't wait for the NLL to be back because like you have a ton of the PLL guys playing. Now you have a ton of the guys in the PLL that are waiting to play. The wings just signed six of their draft picks, including Brian Costabile. So Brian Costabile is officially a Philadelphia wing. The, the talent pool in the NLL, and obviously there's more spots on rosters and stuff like that than there is in the PLL, and there's more teams, but the talent pool in the, P- in the NLL is just as good as the PLL, and it's more spread out. Like, you get a chance to watch a guy like a Kevin Crowley play who only plays in the NLL right now. Like The NLL being back is so huge for the sport. Oh, yeah, like especially with the crossover. You know, so now everybody's going to be like, you know, oh, I was watching PLL. Now I need to, you know, get the subscription so I can watch NLL. I need to, you know, space out, see when the games are, make sure I have time to watch them, make sure I'm on Twitter, you know, look at the live tweets. like, And then that just brings the cohesion of the leagues together. People are going to be watching lacrosse all year now, and it's just great. It's so awesome. And, like, the TSN deal came out for everybody in Canada. I'm sure the announcement for what the U.S. situation is going to be is coming relatively soon. Um, I would imagine over the next couple of weeks that's going to be worked out. Um, just makes a ton of sense for it to be that way. Like, I, I wouldn't expect them to drag that out much longer. But December or first week of December is going to be awesome. I would assume I will be on Long Island for that with our relationship with the riptide to take in nighthawks riptide um but if i can get a passport before then i might have to fly my ass to halifax (laughs) because that game i don't know if you saw highlights or or watched that game between the rush and halifax last year when they had the the different jerseys it went to overtime like back and forth like that game was one of the best lacrosse games across the board, whether box or field that I've ever watched. Oh, that was, it was such an electric game. I couldn't catch it, but just the highlights, I was like, if somebody it was insane. watched this full game. Me. That, I that was, that was lacrosse uh, goal, like legit lacrosse goal. That was like, I felt like I was like on Xanax mixed with Adderall mixed with like cocaine. Because it was back and forth, back and forth. Like, if you looked away for a second, five goals were scored. Like, those two teams were going at it. It went to overtime. Somebody scored, and then it was it was denied. Somebody else scores. It happens. They win the game. Like, it was just an amazing game. You get the wing swarm rematch. The last time those two teams played was the last game of the, uh, the 2020 season. And following suit with Atlanta teams... Georgia teams, the Swarm blew a 6-0 lead, and the Wings won 13-12, which was an electric matchup. Uh, I'm sure the Mammoth Seals game is going to be an emotional one for our guy Teddy Jenner, former broadcast voice of the Mammoth. Now he's with the Seals, uh, so that'll be a fun matchup for him. We get a championship rematch for the last time we had an NLL championship. Uh, with Calgary and Buffalo. So we get we get the Buffalo band. Basically, you get to watch Chaos play, uh, box lacrosse, and you get to watch Curtis Dixon and Dane Doby and that ridiculous Roughnecks team go against 
chaos in the PLL because six of those guys play for chaos that also play for the bandits like Josh Byrne, Dane Smith, Chase Frazier, Ian McKay, Chris Cloutier. It's stupid that they all play together year round. Like ridiculous. Chaos needs to be better. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they're they're box players and they're much better in the box game than they are appearing to be on the field because they are still good on the field. But yeah, like that that's going to be an electric game. Yeah, and then uh, battle of the two teams that had the the first and second picks in the draft, kind of still building up the Riptide and the Nighthawks, like battle of New York. Like I said. Uh, those two teams get into it on social media all the time. And that's the fun part with the NLL too. Not that the PLL does a bad job with like interact, but like the NLL interacts with their fans. They interact with podcasts and, and media people all the time. Like they're fun on social media. They, a bunch of the teams follow us. So that's always when we have back and forth banter with them. Uh, I'm going to miss new England black holes banter uh, because that's what started our whole run with banter with teams and everything. Shout out to, uh, our Black Wolves people, but that's the fun part too of the NLL is just the the online discourse that happens between teams. Like we'll put out our picks for the week, and if we pick against the team, they'll like do like the notebook gif and like, all right, we're writing down that you did this. Like there was one time we all picked against the Black Wolves, and I fell asleep, took a nap, woke up, my phone was blowing up. I was like, what the hell? I had like twenty seven notifications on Twitter. <laughs> Black Wolves ended up winning their game and they brought back up our tweet and said, oh, remember this? <laughs> and came at our throats. This didn't age well. And then all the Black Wolves fans and our mentions and everything, it was hilarious. I was like, oh, so we can get into to fun banter with teams on, on Twitter. Okay. And then uh, the Albany Firewolves make their debut as the Firewolves. First team to change their logo before playing a game. Uh, going up against Tom Schreiber, uh, Latrell Harris, potentially TD, and the Toronto Rock. I hope TD plays. TD plays box, and we get to see TD in the NLL. Why is he grief? They drafted him. I know, but like... Drafted him. I mean, uh, you could say the same thing about Tom Schreiber. It's like he's Captain America, but he's playing in Canada. Uh, yeah, literally. <laughs> TD is like Tom Holland. <laughs> <laughs> TD is the Tom Holland of Little Cross Universe. Oh my god, that is amazing! <laughs> like that clip that the league tweeted out of him from this weekend. He's getting interviewed on the side. I was like, oh, gotta go. Somebody needs to Photoshop TD's head onto um, Jimmy Neutron in the rocket. It's got a blast. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. That's exactly like what that was. He's like, yeah. Oh, got to go. <laughs> I've watched that clip like 1,700 times. It's the... That fast, <laughs> like all, really one one third of the views on that video are me. <laughs> you gotta watch it that many times to really understand what's going on. Like it is hilarious. Like I'm just gonna play it on on pod. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I need to find this video. It makes me laugh every time. Because he's so casual about it, too. He's just, like, getting interviews. Like, oh, gotta go. Here we go. <laughs> gotta go. <laughs> he's so quick with it. He's just like, gotta go. TD, man. What a guy. He's literally the Tom Holland of the lacrosse. Like, if they ever did, like, lacrosse superheroes, lacrosse Avengers, Tom Schreiber's Captain America, TD is Spider-Man. <laughs> he better be. I don't know what else he would be. There is no other role for him other than him being Spider-Man. It's it's just too good to not happen. Um, make sure you guys are following us on social. We'll be doing a whole bunch of stuff with All-Star Sunday. Uh, 7 o'clock is the game. 9.30 is the skills competition. Um, should be a lag. I, I just, it throws me off so much that like they're at those times, but then it's like, oh, wait, they're in California. So it's earlier for them. Um, so we'll be doing stuff for the all-star game. Maybe we'll live stream. We'll let you guys know. That's why you got to follow us on Twitter at OTB Laxpod, uh, on Twitter and on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. You can follow DJ on Twitter at SCS underscore next great i always forgot where the underscore was so that's why i always threw it to you to plug your socials but i've got it now uh and make sure you guys are following the network at underground phi follow the newest member of redwoods nation stephen mcavoy underscore and uh check out the website undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com we've got a ton of stuff coming towards our website so stay tuned for that bunch of blogs will be coming within the next month or so because uh, we got some very fun stuff in the works. So stay tuned for that. And subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know who you're excited about seeing play in All-Star Weekend, the skills competitions, about the NLL being back, who would be in your lacrosse Avengers. I feel like we bring up lacrosse Avengers at least twice a year because um, it's just such a fun discourse. And uh, let us know about your hype about the lacrosse video game that is potentially in the works for for mobile. Uh, And just send us a thank you because we made sure that it got to the forefront. And I'm not saying that we were the cause, but if we get involved with this video game one way or another, you will never hear the end of it. So get ready. I can't wait. Um, So again, big thank you to Mike Rabel for coming on this week's episode as well, taking time out of his schedule during All-Star Week when he should be relaxing and decompressing from the first half of the season took a bunch of time out of his schedule to hop on. So big thank you to Mike Rabel and uh, we'll be back after the all-star game previewing the second half of the season, whatever the hell else comes up, uh, you know, in the lacrosse world, the the trade deadline is right around the corner. So we've got a lot of things uh, heading our way with the PLL, with the NLL, the USA lacrosse sixes training camp rosters are disgusting. We'll get into those next week as well and uh we'll be in albany dj's gonna be at every playoff spot so we're gonna be linking doing content in philly and dc dj will be out in salt lake you know the vibes guys we are bringing you the content so get ready big thank you to our sponsors uh tomahawk shades stateside vodka and Kenwood Beer. Go to TomahawkShades.com. Use our code USP to get 25% off your order at checkout. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. You can get 10% off the one liter bottles of vodka at StatesideVodka.com with code USP. And you can also cop the vodka soda party pack because it is the summer of Stateside. 
You got to be 21 or older to purchase. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And our friends at Kenwood Beer, go to KenwoodBeer.com. Use the Kenny Tracker to uh, see who has Kenwood on tap. And you got to be 21 or older to crack open a nice cold Kenny. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And we might have somebody new on board in terms of uh, sponsor by next week's episode. So stay tuned for that. We love teasing. Just like Mike Rabel, we'll tease you guys with that one. Uh So we'll catch you guys next week. This has been episode number 178 of the Outside the Box podcast, part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. For DJ, for Mike Rabel, I'm KB. We'll catch you guys next week. Enjoy the All-Star break. Peace.